and welcome to the Well-Read Dames podcast, everyone. I am Ashley. I'm Susie. I'm Alicia. And we are here to talk to you today about Cinder by Marissa Meyer. And by, not Cinder. Ha <laughs> I already fucked it up. But I'm leaving it in because that's hilarious. Starlet <laughs> by Marissa Meyer. <laughs> podcast intros are fun, you guys. Uh, I recommend every listener try their own. Uh, <laughs> But I'm leaving it. That's gold, and I'm leaving it there. Whatever works for you. We already talked about Cinder to anyone curious, and if you haven't listened to it, it's the podcast episode that's before this one. So please check that out. Uh, it will make a lot more sense if you do. Also, I'm going to issue a spoiler warning right now. You know, caution to all these who pass past this moment that we will be talking about spoilers regarding Scarlet and also kind of Cinder from the prior book. Because really, you know, we can't talk about Cinder's current storyline probably without referring to her previous storyline too. So, um, so like spoiler warning for all of the Lunar Chronicles, essentially, um, that's the series that we're reading. It is good so far. Um, Alicia and Susie have read the whole thing and I am on book two, which is Scarlet, which I just finished. Um, but I loved it. I ripped through this book. Um, I said I devoured it and I was very proud of myself. Um, <laughs> but I think I read it and it would have been two days if I could have stayed up like 45 minutes and just finished the last. Like I literally had like the smallest amount left of Scarlet that I finished the next day and I was so mad about it. Um, but that's the way the cookie can crumble sometimes. Um, <laughs> so just our only housekeeping item we're gonna do is our book for the next uh, podcast episode is going to be Cress which is the third book in the, in the Lunar Chronicles. And so that's going to be next. Uh, I believe Cress is a retelling of Rapunzel, which I'm excited about. So that will be fun. And yeah, so, but I think that's our only housekeeping item. Um, I think we're going to keep trying to do these pretty back to back or pretty soon um, so that they keep going. <laughs> and which hopefully means soon we'll have crest out to you. And yeah, so um, any initial thoughts before we we get into it uh, from anyone else here, Alicia or Susie? No, I really love Scarlet. Um, I've read all the books. And I feel like this one I think was maybe my favorite. I mean, they're all so good, but I really like Scarlet's character. And... Um, it is a, a really fast read, especially after you've gone through Cinder, which was also fast. But like the first book, I always feel like there's so much to learn. You know what I mean? It's like a little slower. And I just, I don't know. I, I really liked it. It's good. I did feel like this book moved really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, um, we'll talk more about this throughout. I, I mean, I've talked about how much I love this whole series, but I just really like how each main character is so different and has their own thing, but they all intertwine in so well. And I like how you get where the main players are and then they connect at the end. I I like that a lot. I really liked when they connected in this book, finally. And so that's that's a good point. Also, I really like this one because it's Little Red Riding Hood, Mm -hmm. which I know is cheesy, but I love Little Red Riding Hood. So of course, she's awesome. Yeah, I've always just liked the story. I like the different variations, and I really like where the wolf is a romance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird variation. There's more than one now retelling of this, so I was very excited by it. 
because we have multiple POVs going in this book, unlike Cinder, the first one, which was just her point of view and then occasionally Kai's point of view, and this book and Scarlet, we get Scarlet's point of view and Cinder's point of view, occasionally Kai's point of view, and a, a special person we'll save for later, but one chapter of someone else's point of view. So telling the story as it's written or kind of breaking down, we're not really telling it, but breaking down like the story as it's written would be crazy. So we're just kind of going to focus first on Scarlet because it's her book and then on Cinder where she's at and then on Kai. And so, because I think that will make the most sense, etc. So, and yeah, I love Scarlet's character, by the way. I feel like Cinder, I love Cinder, but I feel like Cinder is like very, I'm not, not proper, but reserved, you know, and quiet. She's very almost like introverted where she always thinks things through. And when we meet Scarlet, she like gets mad and jumps on a freaking bar and starts screaming at things. And she's like, she's just straight up crazy in like a good way. <laughs> yes. Like she does not think before she acts at all times, which it can be bad, but it's also kind of fantastic. So does someone want to start us off here for our intro to who these characters are, or do we want to just kind of hop into like where we meet Scarlet? Who wants to go? I can, I can go, but I would prefer someone else. We're all doing a dance. No one can see it. (laughs) Okay. I can go. Uh, So Scarlet um, lives in where is it? Southern France in a town called, is it Rio or Rue or? Is it? Well, with, with the girl's French accent in the book, she says Rio. Okay. Okay. I put a little Americanized. It's probably like Ryu. I don't know. I'll try not to roll my eyes like I just did for some unknown reason a moment ago, but I read it as Ryu. So uh, Ryu, we'll do that. (laughs) We'll call it what we call it. I'm not good at French. It's not, it's not my specialty language. Um, anywho. I'm speaking French because I sounded like I was an idiot when I did the accent. The accent <laughs> made me feel foolish and I did not like it. It, <laughs> it was very for my brain. But um, anywho, so she works on her grandma's farm um, and her grandma's, she calls her grandmere. So um, anyway, so she helps deliver all the vegetables to, um, you know, the local restaurants and farmers markets and stuff like that um and so we kind of get to meet her when she's delivering making a delivery um to like the tavern that's like a pretty big popular one there it's a good client of her and her grandma's and she gets really upset because her grandma has been missing and she gets a notification from the police that um they have basically closed the case and ruled it like possible suicide where that she decided to just like up and leave and she's like what the hell crappy cops like great detective work you suck and I'm pissed so she's got a little <laughs> bit of a temper she's very fiery which I enjoy because it's just very much of a contrast from Cinder like you said Cinder's kind of more reserved so it's nice because she's just like fired up and pissed and so she's like throwing tomatoes just like lashing out and everything and it's yeah. hilarious <clears throat> anyway so she ends up making her deliveries, and then, of course, we see the unfortunate receipt, like, showing of, like, TV of Cinder falling down the stairs and breaking her <laughs> robotic leg, and it's just, like, tragic, and, of course, all the locals are making fun of her, because, you know, that's what assholes do in bars, <laughs> and so, you know, you already like Scarlet, she's just like, what are with these people, like, this poor girl, you know, yes, Ashley. 
And like, she's a 16 year old girl, like Cinder's only 16 and Scarlet is I think 18. So I feel like Scarlet, like immediately she does, she doesn't see a lunar cyborg, which she sees a girl getting humiliated in front of like the world and then sentenced to death on the moon. And like one of the guys is saying like sexually gross stuff about her and it's I like I felt like this this like little tavern was like full of like the assholes on my Facebook feed you know what I mean like every jerk that like comments weird stuff and is never no one ever asked like it just unsolicited opinions was like this bar of like horrible people trolls of real hangout yeah like there's there's no internet so the trolls are just at the tavern like that's where they were before the internet was invented yep <laughs> yeah it, it very much is that feeling it's also kind of like from beating the beast with like Gaston and his croonies and everyone's just like yeah Gaston and just like same thing like they're all just the same collective idiot that you're just like wow you guys are the worst <laughs> anyway so she's like making her deliveries and she's got runs into her friend Emily or Emilie I don't know how you say it I call her Emily in my mind anyway that's what they say in the book perfect the- I like the spelling though it's very pretty so she like helps her bring stuff in and Emily's just like oh my gosh like I my latest like crush is here and she's like what are you talking about like you have crushes all the time and she's like no he's different he's super sexy and he's got like these these eyes on him and she's just like okay crazy and she's like go deliver this food to him or maybe the owner makes him deliver anyway she delivers food to this dude and she's like oh my like he is quite handsome with his piercing green eyes and so that's like a win-win just like okay you know you've got some good taste here and then she once again listens to the vulgar like tavern members um just saying crap about poor cinder and she like loses her shit on them she straight just jumps on like the bar and like turns like off the tv by like ripping out the cords and is like you guys are assholes and just calls them out and uh that's not great for her because they all hate her kind of because they're just like (laughs) it's not gonna make you a favorite at the tavern yeah doesn't make you the favorite and they're like what's wrong and she's just like this is a 16 year old girl like cut her some slack they're like nah she's a cyborg she's a lunar Ugh, you know we are racist we hate these people and she's just like angry and kicking stuff over on breaking shit left (laughs) right which is hilarious yeah who else wants to take over? Because I'm just kind of spiraling, I feel like. I get it. And I, I spiraled several times on the last podcast. But I can tell you that because I listened to half of it today in my editing. I'm like, someone needed to help me out. <laughs> so I will help you out, Alicia. So also, the, this is where we first hear about her grandma from someone else's perspective. They're like, watch out, Scarlet, or you're going to go crazy like your grandma. Right? And that's, like, that's where we get like this perception of the town spoke that her grandmother is kind of like loony. Like I hate to use a lunar term that literally means crazy of the moon, but like that's literally what she is a bit. And she's like always defending lunars and and all sorts of other items, but they're like defending a lunar, you're sounding like your grandma, you know what I mean? And then that makes her more mad because she's like, is that what you told the police when they questioned you about my grandma's disappearance? And they're like, yeah, we told the police your grandma's batshit. Like, (laughs) what do you think we're going to tell him? You know what I mean? Like she grows a fine fucking tomato. And so that does not help 
I don't think. And then Scarlet escalates it by starting like a shoving match with like a giant stupid man. And at this point, I was like, where are we going with this? Like, when I remember when I read the excerpt, I, which the excerpt for Scarlet that's in the back of Cinder kind of takes place before the fight here where she's in the tavern and like the local people are talking about the news forecast or broadcast, no forecast. And I thought at that point, you know, Scarlet works in this tavern. That was my perception. But now at this point reading Scarlet, I really, she doesn't work at the tavern. She delivers food to the tavern from a farm and she's now like breaking shit and she like unplugged the tv and she's like screaming at like the patrons of the tavern even if they're horrible or not like she's not really in a position she's starting to fight she's not really in a position to like have all this i don't know like the clout of like if she owned the tavern or worked at the tavern like it was her tavern like she could do whatever she wants but i'm sitting here like watching her actions and i'm like what is like you're just gonna get fired like they're gonna fire you and then you won't have them as a client anymore trust me there's times in the real world as an adult a young adult especially where you want to like give someone a piece of your mind but you will get fired you gotta you gotta pick your battles but so i mean i get it she's fired up it's more about her grandma now than even cinder like everything's compiling um, so she starts kind of a fight she can't win. Poor Emily gets like knocked on her ass on accident because she's just in the way. She's just trying to do her job, and, like deliver drinks to people. Emily actually works in the tavern. And so uh, now like things are going to around and suddenly this handsome stranger shows up and grabs this dumb man by the neck who is quite large and just picks him straight up and holds him until he turns red and makes him apologize. And it's magnificent. And like, also, I always like to think of myself kind of as in the shoes of the character, you know, like that's kind of, that's your vehicle is this person. And basically your entire perception is kind of gauged on like, would you do this? Would you do that? Whatever. As much as I like to think that would be cool, like Scarlet in this situation, I'm pretty sure I would be like fawning over the hot guy, like Emily, like just for sure. Like, <laughs> I would just be like, that guy's cute, but I'm not going to do anything about it. <laughs> like, Yeah. Moving on. Oh, and very prior to this, very prior, Scarlet, who once again doesn't work there, had been ordered to give him food because he's like eating a bunch of food. So I guess they had like him saving her didn't come completely out of nowhere. They had a very, very small interaction prior to that where she like gave him a tomato and he never had a tomato before. It's kind of weird. I mean, I guess unless you've never had a tomato before, anyone listening and that I don't think it's weird at all. Um, and yeah, live your truth. But like for most people, they've eaten tomatoes, you know? Um, so yeah, so he basically saves her and then she's mad about it. And then the owner of the tavern, whose name, I don't remember Giles, maybe something like that, tells everyone at the tavern that like he's firing Scarlet and then she like storms out and then he like meets her in the alley and is like, I'm not really firing you, but like, you can't come into my tavern and break shit and start fights. Which is valid. Once again, like, I feel like this is an important conversation for someone to have with her as, you know, someone running her own business. Yes. You're yeah. now. You're not a child. Like, you're legally an adult. Act like one. He's like, I like your grandma and your tomatoes are good, but I will go somewhere else if you keep showing up and starting fights and breaking things. <laughs> so I felt like that was like a good way of handling it. And then before she leaves, um, after re-delivering the food, 
that she took back and getting minus the tomato she smashed against the wall of his tavern outside, which is gross. I'm going to clean that up. She sees Wolf creeping around in the alley and he tells her that they call him Wolf at the fights and then asks for more tomatoes and also a job on the farm. Which at this point, I was like, just take this puppy home. You know what I mean? Like, just let him in your ship and just like take him home. Like, that's the irresponsible, but also very tempting thing to do, I guess. Um, <laughs> but she doesn't die. What'd you say? That's how you die, Ashley. I know it is. Stranger's home. Um, I've never done that. We've never just take a very strange man home, even if it was super attractive. I don't know. Never say never. But. <laughs> So far up to date, no, and now I'm married, so probably not. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so she doesn't, which is probably smart. And she just instead leaves and tells him to go find work in a bigger city. And also just sidebar, I would like to say that they make living on a farm seem really fucking romantic and picturesque. Granted, I've not been to a farm in France with robots that appear to do all the really, really hard work of farming for you. But as someone from... Indiana, let me tell you, farm life is not all it's cracked up to be. It's like really hard and it doesn't pay well all the time normally. And like running a farm stand, like just delivering produce, like that sounds fine to me. But like running a farm is exhausting. <laughs> 100 yeah. percent Like she she was every time she's just like on the farm and it's so quiet and she's like I just love the quiet I'm gonna feed the three chickens I have la-di-da I was like nope (laughs) maybe if you have a farm just for yourself but if you run a farm as a business like you are up before dawn and you are exhausted so it's like hard work to run a farm etc it's just been her and her grandma running this farm so far for her life and her grandma's been missing for what two weeks now basically yeah Mm -hmm. almost two weeks now should mention that I think not long after this when she's reminiscing on like the um conversation with the police officers and why she's also saying like this isn't just normal it's noted that her grandma's ID tracker chip was cut out of her and was left at the house and that's why she was like she wouldn't like obviously like you do that if you're trying to disappear but like it's just not her grandma like they're really close and she's like she wouldn't just do this and just take off you know so that's part of her also like fear and concern because she knows, you know, how she is and it's not normal. And she knows her grandma never would have up and left her, let alone cut out her ID chip and run away. Yeah. Like, they're essentially, they ruled it like a runaway slash suicide, mm-hmm. even though they have literally no evidence that either things, those things happen besides her going missing. Mm-hmm. There's a spirit, a suspicious circumstances. So I don't feel like the Rio police are doing like a great job, but <laughs> no, they're bad. Or based on other events that will later happen in this book, lead me to believe the same thing. So she goes home, and isn't that when she finds her dad the first time? Yes, she sees the light on in the house, and she's excited. She's like, "Oh my gosh, maybe Grandma's home!" And she runs up to her bedroom, to her grandma's bedroom, to find her dad, who she hasn't seen in five years like just destroying it, like ruffling through drawers, like looking under clothing and closets, just tearing anything and everything out, looking for something. And she was just like, why are you here? Like, I haven't seen you in five years. Like, what the hell are you doing? How did you get here? Um, And, you know, he's not really making a lot of sense 
he's just kind of like muttering to himself like where is it where would you hide it and just kind of being like very erratic and you kind of get a point of view from her um that basically her dad like is a very kind of like selfish person like he's definitely got that charismatic thing about him so people like like him but then when you know him like he's a very selfish person likes the ladies definitely drinks too much um which is why she can live with her grandma in the first place and hasn't seen him in like five years so she's not thrilled to see him it's not a happy reunion it's kind of a what the fuck are you doing here pardon my french you know i mean it's appropriate don't you think <laughs> yeah like her dad is basically i want to say almost delirious when he's going through this stuff also i should have and did not mention that wolf has a very specific tattoo on his wrist that she noticed and it's like l-o-p and then like a number something like that and so and she just kind of like noticed it when he was probably strangling that man um (laughs) but like that's basically it but her dad has injuries on his arm and he basically like in his scrambled mumbling and like right like rifling through his mother's items um basically kind of explains it doesn't really explain but conveys that the same people that have captured and taken her grandmother found him at a bar and then captured him and tried to use him as leverage to get the grandma to talk. And it didn't work. She didn't spill any secrets for her son. And so instead he was tortured. He didn't see who had him. He didn't see anything except like the arms of people like coming towards him. Um, And he mentions this tattoo as well. you know, like the L-O-P, I think that's what it was, and then like numbers. And so she like now makes this connection between the people that took her grandmother and this mysterious guy at the at the bar. Oh, also before, like when she left him in the alley, he mentioned that if she changed her mind about needing help with the farm, that he was staying at this basically abandoned farmhouse, Mm -hmm. uh, which is now where they do like the underground fighting. I don't want to say boxing ring, but basically fight club, fight club situation. <laughs> um, so this is like the first lead that she's had at all on her grandma being missing is her tortured father. And so she's now convinced that Wolf has her grandmother or took her grandmother and basically showed up to kind of like sickly torment her. And she goes after him and calls the police <laughs> in, in route. Um, does anyone want to take the fight? Sure. Um, and I just listened to this like yesterday, so I should remember it. <laughs> um, so she goes in, I'm trying to remember, I think like she's looking around at everybody and then he like pops up behind her or something and is like, oh, I'm glad you came and like freaks her out. I feel like it's a thing throughout this that he keeps like accidentally scaring her. Mm-hmm. Set up like I feel like a couple times she like freaks the fuck out. Anyway, um, so then I think she just starts to unload on him, right? Like, right, which like probably was a bit confusing for him out of nowhere, yeah. Um, because she's like, "Where's my grandma?" Yeah, <laughs> like what? And he's like, "What?" Like you should like just run at this point, be like, "Yeah." I called the police. You're going to give me my grandma back. And he's like, I 
you gave me a tomato and I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> you know? Earlier you showed up here. I thought you were interested in me and now you're asking where your grandma is. Like, this has gotten real weird. Yeah. And then it was like, what? <laughs> right. He's like, watch me fight. And she's like, the cops are coming. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't seem worried. No. <laughs> He does not. And I think he thought this was going to be like a big, like, kind of like romantic almost moment or like impressive, but like he was going to impress her yeah. uh, with his like prowess in a, in a fight cage ring, fight to the almost death match. She's not impressed. <laughs> well, and she like loses control, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like his, he's undefeated, and the other guy that he's going against with like teeth in the back of his head, which is also real weird. Yeah, all the all the people here are very like have like cyborg arms. Like there's a very eccentric and eclectic group of people here at these fights, compared to like the town that they were just in. Um, but yeah, so it's supposed to be like a really big match because these two people are like undefeated. So he's definitely like feeling feeling good about himself. You know, like I'm gonna impress this girl, and she's like, "You disgust me." Yeah, gross. <laughs> gross. I've only been to like one fight in my life and it was not underground. It was like at a place where you cage fight and um, it was a coworker that I knew and it was amazing, but it was mostly amazing because he was kind of an asshole and this short guy kicked his complete ass immediately and it was hilarious. Um, he was fine. It wasn't like he was not in like danger of death that I'm aware of or anything, um, but he invited us all there, but can confirm it is an eclectic group of people that are at these sorts of events. Yeah. And me laughing really hard because violence. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how she gets out of there. Like the fight ends, they like have to pull him off him, I think. No, he like yes, I think, and then he runs away. Like okay. he just jumps off the like out of the ring and just like runs into the woods. Okay. Yeah. And howls. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we I was like, is he a werewolf? Like, this whole time, I was like, how is he a wolf? Like, is he a werewolf? Oh, oh. she mentioned to him the tattoo at this point, right? Yeah. Like, I think before he has to go fight, she mentions the tattoo. Right. And he's like, I gotta go. And he kind of references, like, it's someone else. And she's like, who else has this tattoo? He's like, other people. <laughs> she's like, this guy's trying to confuse me. He's like, I have to fight. They're calling me up to the ring. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. It's good stuff. So she, I don't even think she stays to talk to the police because, like, the police come and everyone starts to kind of scurry. And then there's like a group of people that are going to fight the cops. And I think that's when she was like, I'm going to (laughs) go. I guess I thought, now I was listening to it on Audible, as we know. And as this was my third time through, I kind of had it on speed through. So Mm. I did. To me, I completely, there was a part where I was like, did she even call the cops? Because I didn't realize, I didn't remember them coming. So, okay. So they did actually come. I thought in my brain, she was fibbing, but no. Yeah. yeah. She called the cops on them mainly to arrest him. And like her thought was like, you know, this will be the proof they need to find my grandma. Like they can interrogate him. That was kind of her intent. Okay. Um, it definitely took long enough for a fight to go on. Like they weren't fast at showing up to this place. I mean, she was leaving her house when she called. Like, just to give you some perspective here. That takes some time. Um, I feel like they mentioned at one point that the cops aren't in aren't in Rio, that they're in a different town. 
and they come down from a different town. Maybe. I feel like that was mentioned once, but I could be wrong about that. But I just felt like I got the sense at least that where she was a so remote farm, you know, I mean, we have family that live out in like the BFE. If you call the cops, it's going to take them a while to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it can take some time. It'll take some time to get there because there's nothing. It's just farmland. Um, so that's that's the way. I didn't think it was that weird because she like called them when she was late on the way. So I figured they had some time to make it there. So because I mean, she definitely planned on showing up for some reason, telling Wolf that she called the police <laughs> and that he was oh, going yeah. to be arrested for the disappearance of her grandfather, yeah. which at that point he could have just run away. <laughs> and then there goes your whole lead. Um, but instead he fought in a a cage match and then won and then ran away when the cops showed up. So I was like, (laughs) great job. Um, But either way, um, he shows up at her place the next day, regardless, regardless of her calling the police and kind of acting crazy and accusing him of kidnapping her grandmother, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is strange. I would think at that point you would be out. Yeah. I mean, if you weren't involved, then yeah. If you, for sure, if you were involved, you'd be like, this is some crazy stuff I did not sign up for. Yeah. So anyway, doesn't I feel like she threatens to shoot him because she's always got that gun on her. Yeah. Yes. And then somehow he convinces her to, to like go inside and talk about it. I don't remember how, but... He does, yeah, he does. And he, I don't think he gets very far explaining before her dad interrupts them yeah, by like yeah. running through like a crazy person yeah. mm-hmm. um out to like the barn um and <laughs> once again that would be disorienting yeah. um so yeah but I think he essentially tells her to an extent of like this is like a gang um that that may have your grandma that I have left like there's other people that have this tattoo they are in a gang I have left that gang but they, I may know where your grandma is essentially is kind of like, I think the tone of that conversation. And he kind of alludes to like the gang being more than just like, a, like not like a drug gang, but like a gang that like gets involved with like political things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of like under the radar, but they have a lot of members and are very dangerous people who like get a hold of weapons and guns and, you know, like are very powerful and involve themselves where they feel like they need to be involved with like political crap and she's just mm-hmm. like you know kind of like and that's why they like obviously why do they have my grandma <laughs> yeah yeah he's like obviously there's something that she knows that they want and she's like she's an old grandma that runs a farm <laughs> she's dead set that her grandmother would never ever keep a secret from her like which can't even fathom that which is crazy I mean I think like once again this is like an and she's 18 but it's a result I think of being young of like she lived with her grandma for five years really um and they have a very close relationship but the relationship is like grandmother and granddaughter the relationship isn't let me tell you what happened to me the first like 60 years of my life including the not great stuff like there's a lot of stuff like your parents and your grandparents don't tell you about themselves because of the relationship you have that should probably like I promised once that line is crossed it can't be uncrossed um so like you want to keep some things 
like away, you know? Um, just sometimes things you just don't want to relive. Like it's in the past and it's just like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, does this person need to know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so she doesn't know her whole life. Right. Especially something that may be a secret that could maybe endanger someone else if you told them. Right. You know, like if you were involved in like kind of a secret operative event in your youth, you know, and maybe someone wants to ask you about that later. The last thing you want is like your granddaughter who's finally not legally a child anymore being like, oh, I know all about whatever happened. You know, <laughs> I know all about that secret mission. Yeah. You know, so I think it's, I thought it was bizarre that she's just convinced that her grandma is nothing more than just like a simple farmer of the land. You know, she's just, she would never tell a lie. I was like, you really believe that? <laughs> and it was sad. It was like the naivety kind of like hurt me a little bit because I knew it was going to be broken because we know she's up to some stuff. And even Wolf was like, there's a picture of her in a flight suit. It appears that she was in like the Air Force or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that was a long time ago. She was a pilot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's that's the other thing that cracks me up. Like she knows she was in the Air Force. It's like, what do you think they do? Like, I mean. You're part of the military. You might've been involved in some mission. Yeah, someone might want to know something about, even if it's like years later. You don't know. <laughs> Obviously, the Air Force solely taught her how to farm, and that's what she did when she got out. Because yeah. she thinks that there's no way her grandma could ever have been involved in anything, even when she was in the armed forces. So it's kind of, it's kind of. I feel bad for her because it's kind of interesting. Because like obviously everyone else knows that her grandma is more than just a farmer. Except for poor Scarlet, who would literally do anything for a grandmother. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also, I think this shows like how scary that is when someone will literally do anything for that other person, like literally including sacrifice you or anyone else around at any given point to get what they want. You know. What I mean? yeah. So, uh, but we'll come back to that. So basically, they find her dad searching for something. Um, in the barn he's like ripping the barn apart now um, and he basically says that the people that had her grandma basically gave him a time limit to find something they don't know what um, but he'll know it when he finds it probably and he has to find it or else like they're gonna kill him and I don't remember what happens at this point but well, I feel like he starts to, maybe not like he's going to hit her, but he starts to get somewhat violent. Oh, he's throwing a wrench, I think. That's right. And Wolf catches it, and then he sees the tattoo, and then he starts freaking out. About, he's he's the one. Yeah, and then, um, because, like, he kind of gets, like, kind of physical going after him, but not, and I think Scarlet gets in the way a little bit trying to, like, stop him, and Wolf just kind of intervenes and just basically wants to, like, grabs him, and it's just like, stop moving like, yeah. away like a child like keep thrashing it's fine and that's when wolf notices this weird like medallion necklace thing hanging around his neck and he rips it off and looks to scarlet it's like this is a tracker mm-hmm. like whoever has your grandma has been listening to this entire thing and scarlet's just like get me my grandma back you crazy mother you know and he's just like you're done. She's like, yes. Yeah. He just like smashes it. Once again, he's just run right now. <laughs> this girl's crazy. 
Yeah, exactly. This is another opportunity for Wolf to just run the opposite direction. Also, I feel like it's obvious from the very beginning that Wolf is like super strong, like more strong than the average human. Most people can't just like restrain another grown man with like one arm. Like this is some like real Captain America stuff going on. Like this is like a super soldier situation. And she seems to not really notice it. Like, Like he's a big guy, I guess. But he's also just like, let me just pick people up by like limbs. <laughs> so immediately I was like, well, is he a werewolf? I don't know, but definitely some kind of modified whatever. Like he said his name was Wolf. Um, like for starters, it's what they call him in the fights. Um, and she never really asked his real name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of move on. But basically after the incident with her father in the barn, he volunteers to help her get her grandma back. Yes. And the dad freaks out at her too. Cause he's just like, you brought him here and all this crap. And then they kind of row it out about how like he's a crappy father, like abandoned her. And he's just like, they're going to kill me, whatever. So it's like a whole like emotional thing where basically like she's but I'm laughing. She does not care at all. Yeah. There's no fucks about her dad. And it's she's not- like, you're dead to me. Get she out does- of me. Mm-hmm. She does care that he uh, starts beating on her spaceship. Not spaceship, yeah. on her ship. Yeah. Yeah, he breaks, he breaks the, window. the windows. Therefore, they can't use it to go to Paris. They have to go on this journey. That does make her quite mad. Um, yeah, but that's a whole bunch of stuff. Like, he's, he's saying, like, you know, like, because um, I don't know if we really said it, but he had all these burn marks down his arm. And yeah. we alluded that he was forced to do it to himself like he didn't have control mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing to learn and he like tells her like your grandma watched like he watched like she watched me like injure myself being tortured and didn't do anything to stop them like she doesn't care as much as you think and whatever so it's like a whole conversation where basically she like unloads on him about how her childhood like he was basically dead to her and like her grandma's her world and then he leaves and she's like, bye. Um, and then, yeah, Wolf was kind of like, takes it all in. He's like, I'll help you get your grandma back. And she was just like, about time. Someone's doing something. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <I think> I'm- <laughs> I like to point out that Alicia flicked us all off on the Zoom when she said, bye. <laughs> it's the best part about Zoom. I can get very theatrical with my arms. Love it. <laughs> I, would, I would add you in. So yeah, so they basically hop on a train, mm-hmm. and uh, the train to Paris, he lets her know that they have to go to Paris, he knows where the pack has been, um, where, the, where the gang has been, he explains that it's like loyal order of the pack is what like the little tattoo stands for, and that the number is your member number, basically. So even though he has a similar tattoo to another person, etc., he didn't take her grandma, someone else did, etc., he so, also says that they call themselves the wolves too. Right. And so she's like, This is very strange. Yeah. And I think it's along this point, like, it was a little later, but I'll just say it anyway. She notices that, like, his canine teeth are modified. Like, when he smiles at one point, she sees that they're like elongated, more like an actual wolf's would be. And she's just a little concerned about that, but like, not deterred from her attraction to him. Not at all. No. 
I'm just going to bring up the insta love right now because this is the beginning of well really like the moment she saw him in the bar was the beginning of like their insta love connection which is why if she had just invited him on the little ship I would not have been surprised because now she's like on a in a train with him and she's like I'll shoot you and he's like I know you know (laughs) um it's just immediately super romantic um it it is I mean it is and so um flirty every once in a while and he's just kind of like he's like I didn't kidnap your grandma and she's like prove it you know (laughs) the whole book is like written like really flirtatiously between them uh which I loved I mean that's probably why this book flew by for the rest of us um because you're just like you know (laughs) but so like she gets mad at him because he won't go eat food with her in the food cart and she like kind of like stomps off to like get a drink by herself and then she runs across another kind of I felt like coming on strong character and like as a as a person like if a strange person like this talked to me like a strange man I would just be like blinders and then leave you know what I mean <laughs> but she really engages with this person on the train oh, I feel like she needed to like prove herself like, so like, I feel like she felt like a little rejected by the fact that Wolf wouldn't like come with her to the mm-hmm. dying part and so she was just like do I still have it you know I mean she's 18 but still like she felt like That's she what? Yeah. show off her like her moves and she immediately got this guy's attention with like no effort at all he was me like hello and she was just like like dramatic hair flip but like (laughs) i do feel like she she should have felt something was weird because he picks up the the whole starts on is she's like uh what is it righteous lupine wannabes because she's trying to do a search (laughs) And, and the fact that he's like and like, I feel like I wouldn't be wanting people to see what I'm looking at in this situation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I would have been checking out his arm. Like I would have been like, mm-hmm. I'm acting it out. I don't know why I'm acting it out right now because no one can see. But I feel like I would have been trying to look at his arm. Yeah, I feel like I'm very observant in general. But like with all these events, I definitely would have also been like, keeping my eyes peeled for weird abnormals, like a random tattoo on the arm. You know what I mean? Or some guy making a comment about my weird ass searches. Like, who are you, stranger danger? And why are you also not like completely off put by my like lupine wannabes or whatever I'm searching? Like you should be like triggered here, you know? And it stands to reason if someone's kidnapped your grandmother and then they've additionally kidnapped your father and your father has told you point blank that they're going to kidnap you next. You know, (laughs) to try and get information out of your sweet, sweet grandmother, who's only a farmer, you know, and it's like, it seems like you would be a little on guard. And even he's like, where are you going? And she's like, Paris. And I'm like, why are you telling him? Like, don't tell him where you're from. Don't tell him where you're going. Don't tell him your name. Um, I was like hyping, like hopping into like hyped up overdrive of like stranger danger. Like, let me answer all of your questions. And yeah. then afterwards, she's like, now I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. And then after he buys her a chocolate milk and, or whatever, she has her coffee and everything. Chocolate milk? She drinks out of this man's glass? I was he, like, bought her, he bought her one. Yeah, I do not think so. Yeah. She said, if you were a gentleman, you'd buy me a drink. And he was just like, fuck. And he says, if you were a lady, you would ask for me to offer you one. Yeah. But then he waited <laughs> the guy to get her, get her one. And he did. So she got her own, but then she was like, this is not what I wanted. 
his nails are filed to like claw tips. And she was like, that's weird. Is that a new trend in Paris? And I'm like, red flags, red flags, not normal. And she's like, no, no, I'm going to go back to the cart now. (laughs) I'm going to run away. And she's like, I'm with someone. And I was like, yeah, he fucking knows because he's following you. Like, (laughs) for sure, man. And then she like goes in the cart and Wolf is like, like also like his super smell, like she just like accepts that he smells things like a dog and doesn't question it. He's like, who have you been with? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, none of your business. Hair flips. (laughs) Yes, I'm doing a lot of hair flips that no one can see, but just trust me, they're very dramatic. Um... And so very like immediately after this happens, like the train comes to a sudden and unpredicted stop in the middle of nowhere. Um, or it's beginning to, and they everyone gets ordered back to their little carts. And then I have this listed as like potential letomosis outbreak, because we never really found out if that's actually what was going on or if I thought people were just searching the train for them. Um like if she said they she heard like crying in the background so i don't know i kind of in my mind that is what it was but it certainly could be other stuff yeah at least they believe that that's what like makes the most sense like a metadroid comes in and like tests their blood and then leaves and is like don't leave your room yeah and yeah i feel like, like that would make the most sense with how often the outbreaks are happening you know what i mean so but i was like are they testing their blood to see if she's like lunar because like we don't know her situation neither does she so i had a lot of questions about if it really was a very conveniently timed litimosis outbreak on this train or if there's something more nefarious going on like maybe Rand stopped the train um to confine everyone to their room so that he could like grab her i don't know but either way she climbs on wolf's back and jumps out of the train window with her romance. <laughs> and now they're walking and they're walking through the woods and there's just wolves everywhere. Yeah. Howling in the distance. Yeah. And he's like, there's four wolves, but they won't bother us. But also keep out your gun. <laughs> yeah. in wolf territory. We might get eaten. I don't know. Don't worry. Just it's fine. It's no big deal. Fine. Me yesterday. Deeper. Great. So, so anyway, they like make camp by the water and they drink out of the water like animals together. <laughs> and and, and then we'll catch a duck. <laughs> right. Yeah. He catches the duck like with his bare hands. And then she like cooks the duck. So they're just having like a little time. Does anyone want to talk about their unexpected guest? Well, it's the creepy guy from the train, like, comes out of nowhere right when the duck is done. And he's like, oh, good, dinner. (laughs) And this is weird, but I'm thinking ducks are tiny and, like, wolf has a crazy appetite. So I don't know why this is what I was thinking about, but I was like, how are they going to have any food? Anyway, (laughs) it's fine. That's not what this is about. Um, but there's like really weird tension between Wolf and Ran. And I think, so she introduces him first, assuming that they don't know each other, which I still think is kind of weird, especially given like how he like tenses up. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty obvious they know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
she introduces them and says, this is who I was talking to. And then they eat and have like weird conversation. I don't really remember what happens next though. They get in a fight. I don't remember what happens, but they- no, like, I don't remember how, how it comes up or- And like Rand's calling him out too, because he's like, you know, I see you're doing, you're on your mission or whatever. Like that might be what it is. And he's like, I've left the pack. <laughs> And he's like, wow, everyone's going to be really surprised to hear that, Alpha, that you've left the pack. You know, I won't mind one less Alpha being around, but uh, that's going to be a shocker to everyone. Oh, and right before this, before he came in, I think they were, she was asking him more about his family. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I don't really know them. And she's like, yeah, it sucks to not have, to not care about your parents. He's like, well, I love my parents. And she's like, what about your brother that she mentioned? Anyway. Um, so yeah, they're fighting and at one point, like right before they start talking openly, <laughs> I thought it was funny. He turns to Scarlet and he's like, oh, by the way, I know this guy. This is Omega. Is he an Omega? Mm -hmm. Omega. Omega Kessley, which I don't think we know his real name yet, but anyway. We do not. Um, so yeah. And then they just start physically okay. fighting, right? And then he almost kills Ran. Mm-hmm. And then Scarlet has to shoot him to get him to stop because she wants to question him and um, get stuff out of him. And then he's like, oh, you shot me. <laughs> She's like, what you? I was going to. Um, and then I think they tie Ran up. And I think at this point she even asks, oh, yeah. Sorry, when she's, when he, it's not like, oh, you shot me. He's like, you shot me. And he's like, glad that you're ready to back up your threats. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, I don't, this doesn't give anything away, and I don't remember if it's later in the series or in the after book, but when they, they talk about the moment they knew they were in love, and he said, it's when you shot me. I'm pretty sure he says that. Well, spoiler for me, but I am not surprised, because. Well, I mean, yeah. I think that he liked that, like, she meant it. You know what I mean? Like, he was like, ooh, like, she's. She does not play. I like that this really girl won't let me like get away with stuff. She'll straight and shoot me. Like he likes the crazy. He's here for the crazy. Like yeah. also, Alicia just texted me pictures of the book about the chocolate milk to prove that they didn't drink out of the same glass because she's the queen of pettiness. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> or accuracy, however you want to view that. Love it. I prefer accuracy, but I'll take the <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay oh. anyway so, <laughs> so she's like okay we're gonna question him and then wolf is just like i mean that's stupid because he's not gonna tell you anything um and then she's like she figures out he's his actual brother somehow like something witty is said but whatever he's his brother boom boom they hate each other um did they even try to question him no, yeah, he's like he's never gonna talk. He's like knocked unconscious, and then they're just like he'll never talk. <laughs> and I think he did reference something like, like I think Rand said at one point was like brother or something like that. Like he, it was like alluded that it was just like ah, like and then she could see it. They had similarities, like not like completely like stark, but like it made sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then they run away as Rand's like passed out in the woods by by the lake. <laughs> They go back to looking for other places to go. And new trains to catch. And new trains to catch. 
this time they're jumping on a train, which seems infinitely more difficult and scary. <laughs> is glass so it's like jumping onto like a metal train would be hard enough but like glass is slippery <laughs> it's like yep. a curved glass top yep um wait should we just want to hop to that like right before they're waiting on the train is when he confesses that he does know more about the grandmother's disappearance but he doesn't want to tell her because then she'll hate him Mm-hmm. and she's like tell me i have a gun and he's like <laughs> and he's basically like fine you've already shot me once and confesses that the night they went to kidnap her grandma's the night that he ran away to leave the pack forever and wasn't going to go back um and that he knows that they think her grandma has something to do with like the lunar princess uh from a mission he tells her that she flew to the moon on a mission like the only one in like the last hundred years or something so she's actually been to luna you know and he's like your grandma didn't tell you anything of this and she's like no so he now realizes that like she really doesn't know anything like taking her there would be completely worthless because she doesn't know anything about anything for sure um and she would only be used as bait to torture in front of grandmother to make her talk uh, which would be fine for the pack but He's like, if you can think of anything, I think he kind of alludes that they could like bargain the information to get her grandma back. Cause he sort of tells her like, they're not going to let her go. They're just going to kill your grandma. Like <laughs> there's nothing that you can do except for give them possibly information to get her to, you know, that she won't say herself to get her back and kind of like expresses that. And right before they jump on the train, she's like, thank you for telling me I don't hate you. And then she kisses the back of his neck yeah on his back there was some more to that conversation too that he was important as kissing someone on the back of the neck before they're about to leap off of a tree onto a moving glass train because i I mean no that was a bad choice i feel like (laughs) but he alludes to more of her history of things that she doesn't know about her grandma yeah oh that like uh, that one that she went on that mission that she was there for like a month, I think, or like, at least a couple of weeks or a month that like they were stationed on Luna because she had interactions with other people and like this guy named Dr. Like Logan Tanner and her like worked together and basically that like when Michelle came back to Earth, like she had a kid nine months later and not in a hospital and never said who the father was. And so basically it's like him basically saying like, it's believed that like Logan Tanner was your grandfather, which means that she's part uh, lunar. And so like, that's like a real like, like moment for her. She's like, she never talked about him, you know? Yeah, I felt like you told her that while they were in the train part, but I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. Either way. It's all the- kind of before, it's like it was like a big boiling point of like, this is information I know. And she was like, you should have told me you know what I mean and then she's like thank you for telling me kiss on the neck and he's just like what (laughs) yeah so he kind of biffs the landing and they almost fall to their deaths but he saves her with his super strength yeah and then they get onto a little cargo cart and then they snuggle the night away they uh, holds her in an embrace and they sleep that way together well, you're leaving out like the best part. What's she, that? Like, totally, like ends up kissing him. 
Oh, you're right. I forgot. They told him. And, her. like, he's completely shocked and straight, like, grabs her onto his lap, and they, like, make out. And then that's when they fall asleep, and it's like, ooh, spicy. <laughs> it's spicy. Spicy part of the book. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the, the sleeping is, like, more intimate, but, yeah, the whole thing is, like, crazy. Well, this is a relatively clean book, you know what I mean? So, like, it's like that was a passionate kiss that kind of happened, you know. You said she literally met him yesterday. I feel like this is moving yeah. fast. It is moving very fast. In between giving her information on her kidnapped grandmother by the gang he was recently in, there's like a lot of making out and a lot of snuggle time. So while in his arms, she remembers a childhood memory of her sleep of basically, which I want to talk about this part because it's the more insight we have on Garen, Cinder's would have been uh, stepfather. Mm -hmm. Um. But so she basically overheard a conversation of Garen coming to pick up a very young Cinder to take her to New Beijing. And um, we kind of established from that that her grandmother was hiding this girl somewhere on the farm. And she's relieved to kind of pass her along and to no longer be the protector of this person uh, because, you know, it's, she's nervous about it. So she's been like harboring Cinder and we don't really get more details than that. And Scarlett was a little kid at the time when it happened. And so she was under the impression that her grandma was talking about sending her away, which frightened her. And then she never brought it up again because she didn't want to be sent away. And so she remembers that happening. And I felt so bad because Garen was like, you know, I have two daughters about her age. They'll get on great. I'm going to raise her like my own daughter. Audrey's such a great mother. And I was like, do you even know who these people are? I just felt so bad for like Garen in general because one he immediately dies of lipidosis when he gets home but like his plan was such like a good plan to like raise Cinder and like a loving family home and then instead we know how Cinder's upbringing went after he passed away so like I like what I really liked that part of the book and I was really sad about poor like Garen's situation and like that he was a really kind person that was willing to take this huge risk for this poor princess that had been burned half to death you know um but yeah that's not that's not the way it worked out but so that is the memory that she does have of anything weird going on with her grandma and so she wakes up and she immediately tells wolf about it and he has a very strange reaction to her yeah he's like keep it to yourself or what like <laughs> i feel like right before this he was like think of anything and then she says that and then he's like and he like covers his ears and is like I didn't hear this I didn't hear this and she's like what <laughs> you asked me to listen like to remember things that I did and now you're telling me like you don't want to know like what is happening mixed signals <laughs> but also he's like that information is pretty useless he's like she went with some guy whose name you can't clearly remember to the one of the biggest provinces in the world you know <laughs> he's like that's not a very big bargaining chip but still they get off the train and then they're in Paris Grand Paris and like this part of the book goes really fast I feel like I wanted to say something when the whole Rand thing came up when he like you know sabotaged their little like dinner or whatever um he also mentioned like he was like you know like you need to come back like he mentioned that the mission was like no longer like going on that it was the search was no longer going on kind of thing which obviously triggered something for wolf you know what i mean so um 
I don't know if we should talk about that or not. I forgot about that. But yeah, he basically says like, you know, the mission's off. Everyone's supposed to report back to base essentially. And he's like, I'm not going. And that's why he's like, everyone will find that very interesting, but you need to go now. And he's like, I'm not going to go. You know, so, so, you know, whatever the mission is that he's on is supposed to be over. So like on the train, I will say this before they get off the train, more than once, Wolf tries to convince Scarlet that they don't need to look for her grandmother, that they can just run away together and start a new life together. Like more than once, he tries to like, get her to say let's forget about this and she point blank asked him like do you think my grandma's dead because if my grandma's dead there's no point of me putting myself in danger to try and save her you know and he's like no I don't think she's dead yet and then she's like well then I have no choice but to go rescue her I can't run off <laughs> to other parts of France with you and the fact that this is the conversation they're having on DT was really shocking so <laughs> um but yeah, so they, they get there and she's like, I'm going to have, you know, I have to do this. And he's like, well, then I'm going to have to do what I have to do. And she's like, I understand. And he's like, I feel like she could, you know, she could have warned her a little bit about he what really told her everything. He could have told her the whole damn thing, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. <laughs> Instead, she's immediately just handed over to a lunar thermitage and carted off to a cell. Ta-da. Yeah. his mission the whole time was her yeah and like he also kind of like it kind of adds like a little creep vibe to it more because like as they're going like you notice like a guy like at a cafe like with a newspaper and like someone at the train station and he basically on their way walking to this opera house it's just like stick over there like and the guy's just like, looking at them like not even trying to be like you know um secretive he's like that's one of the gang members and she starts kind of getting freaked out she's like oh shit like there's a whole bunch of gang members just looking like normal people yeah and i think that's kind of when she realizes like she's been a little bit more deep than she realized like i don't know what she imagined about where grandma was kept but um it got a little rude awakening for her gang members they look just like us <laughs> yeah look like normal gang members as they drink their latte and read a newspaper <laughs> like so as she's like walking in before the thaumaturge gets her, she gets a text from a hospital yep. saying that her dad is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, which the the future in this scenario, how they get those really cold sounding text messages, like like you know when the loved one has letamosis and they're like, "Hello, your loved one is in stage four. So basically, they're gonna die like now. And then this, it's like. <laughs> this robot like your dad is dead from too much drink yes he drank himself to death if you would like to have an autopsy or come identify the body contact us otherwise we got it (laughs) we got it just saw him and she's clearly like just fucked herself because this is a really bad situation even though i feel like even though no one's like at this point she hasn't even seen the thaumaturge but it's I feel like it's pretty obvious that it's a bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of now walking into the abandoned opera house, it was a bad choice. Well, you know? she, she tells Wolf, like, my dad's dead from alcohol poisoning. And she's like, and he's just like, is that what you really think is how he died? And she's like, what? And he's just like, yeah, no. Like, not literally. Probably actually, like, by his own hand, probably something to make it concealed, you know? And she's like, 
you know. Like, literally yesterday, your dad was begging you for help and saying that they were going to kill him. And you were like, fuck you, dad, I don't care. And now your dad is dead. <laughs> and then she's like, all the things I didn't say to my father. <laughs> like, Too late now, girl. He's dead. I was like, what? Yeah, that seemed like that was going to happen. <laughs> no time to reconcile this relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and it's pretty harsh because immediately the thaumaturge is like, you know, oh, it looks like the other person's mission's carried out. And she's like, what mission? He's like, the one where he murdered your dad? And she's like, oh. and he's like, you seem tired. Put her in a cage. Yeah. I did really like this next part. I didn't like the betrayal, obviously, although I did kind of see it coming. I do think that if she had run off, like, I really do think that Wolf wanted to run away with her, to be very clear. Like, I, I think his feelings for her were very real and unexpected. But, yeah, but, like, by the time they walked in, I was like, he's either going to have to battle everyone to death or, <laughs> like, go in, like, some kind of, like, John Wick situation. Or, you know, you're going to need to like turn her in and then try and get her out sneakily you know um or just basically go back to your daily life and then watch her get tortured you know these are really the choices at that point (laughs) i still feel like if on the train he had even like if he thought they were being listened to like whisper it or something like Mm -hmm. he could have found a way to be like look i'm gonna have to act like the bad guy i mean obviously it takes away the drama from the reader but i mean come on (laughs) Or like you something like you would have thought that would have happened too, but or just saying like I'm gonna be like returning to my role as the in this gang, and it's not gonna be the person that you are seeing right now. Like it's me, completely different persona. I want you to be aware of it, you know, or something. Also mentioning that the leader of the gang has mind control powers on you is probably important information to know. Yeah, because the thaumaturge is like assigned to their gang. To like control everyone and make sure no one acts out of turn. Well, and I feel like when her dad said like I was forced to burn myself, and she was like, "Who? How could you be forced to burn yourself?" Like that should like had some like wheels turning here. So when she saw that guy, the thrumtorage or however you say it, I think it was like click lunar, and I was like, ah, yes. It's like he's dressed in lunar robes. It's like they like injure themselves outside of taking their own hand and like. Yeah, so like a lot of pieces fall into place very quickly for poor Scarlet as she's like taken away. So I really like this next part, which like this is like it's Little Red Riding Hood, right? So this is like the crux of Little Red Riding Hood is like the wolf portraying the grandmother, you know, disguising itself as the grandma. So I was so happy when they were like, we're going to let you see your grandma now. And she was like, yay. (laughs) And then they lead her in and it's her grandma, who seems completely fine, by the way, just chilling. And she's You're like, really soft. Yeah. And she's like, Scarlet, my dear, come closer. Oh my, like what big eyes you have. You know what I mean? It's like the whole scene. And she's just like, she basically confesses, like, why won't you just tell them what you know? And then we can leave, you know? And I remembered this and I didn't understand, etc. So, you know, and she's like, we can't yet, we can't go yet. And then she realizes too late because her grandma says that um, she's weak like her father when she like refers to her father being dead, that that's not something her grandma ever would have said to her because her grandma always told her that she was strong like her. And that's when she realizes, bum, 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 
It's not grammar. It is ran in disguise with lunar glamour, which is just fantastic. She's been holding his hands. Oh, yeah. He's in his lap, crying so much that the shirt went. And then it's creepy ran. And and they're like, she's completely useless. Put her back in her cage and we'll use her to torture. We'll torture her later. He does give a little bit of information out to her when she's talking to her. But like, why won't you tell them like, what's going on? Why, you know, like all this crap. And he's just like, they can't control me like they can your father. And they're trying to figure out what's wrong with me. We don't know, like, you know, if it's genetic or what else. Or they say, like, she explains that. And she's just like, oh, like, that's weird. And it's like, just kidding, it's Rand. So that's like a tidbit of information you also learn from mm-hmm. Rand. Yeah. So, and we know, like, from the last book that the little, um, whatever chip. chip in Cinder's brain that has suppressed her lunar gift when implanted in a human um, makes them immune to the lunar glamour. Yeah. So because all earthens are like vulnerable to the lunar glamour, but this chip can disable that. So basically this chip could make it so that humans and lunars could coexist because humans couldn't, earthens couldn't be controlled by lunars, but of course lunars would have a big issue with that. So <laughs> learned from the thumbtourage to um, JL that essentially um, since they can't mind control her grandma, Michelle, um, mm. and then also, you know, Cinder, who wasn't able to be mind controlled, you know, that's two people that they've not been able to mind control and they're trying to figure out like, are more earthens also, you know, not able to be controlled. They're trying to figure out like what this is, like, is it genetic or, you know, how are they like, kind of like shells? Like, so that's kind of why they're keeping them trying to figure out what this is. And I'm not sure if we mentioned this, if, if it's mentioned already, I'm sorry, but earlier we'd, we were saying that the mission was called off because they they originally were using her to try to find Princess Celine. Mm-hmm. And Cinder showed up and she's like, oh, this, it's this bitch, I know. <laughs> I know where Celine is, so you don't need her. But then he like, JL almost gets this, I don't know, this sick fascination with figuring out what this problem mm-hmm. is. Right. I was, I was literally, I was about to say that because it's so key to why they still have her. Cause yeah, like Lavana, although she's told no one else that Cinder is Princess Celine, which is like annoying for me, but I understand her motives. <laughs> yeah. She wants everyone to think Celine is dead, but she knows. So she's called off the search and, and that, they think that's very strange. So like, we don't know why. It's like, well, if this information could lead to Princess Celine, that's been our mission here for months. And it's like, we don't care about that now. So, you know, but yeah, why can't they, but they don't know anything about the chip. So like, why can't they glamour Michelle? She's just a person, you know, like sure. She may have had a half lunar baby, but like she herself is just an earthling. So they're very confounded by her and they're trying to figure it out. So basically Scarlet back to the cell (laughs) with her. And then I don't remember how much time goes by, but Wolf shows up. And like kind of forces her way in, his way into her cell. And she's like, I hate you. And he's like, I'm going to make out with you. And I was like, well, this is awkward. And then he's like, let me like slipped her like a, like a chip to like scan out of her cell and in, in like from his mouth to her mouth. And basically warns her that there's going to be an attack on yeah. her. Jerry, so, the thumb approach also met with 
Agent Kelsey, which is Wolf, and his brother um, Ran as well, and dismissed Ran, of course, you know what I mean? But Dave was like, we're going to uh, be having a mission tomorrow. You know, we would like you to lead this mission where we're basically going to be like inflicting war on people of Earth. So like, are you in? Like, you here to, you're here to lead your people? And he was just like, yeah, of course. Of course I'm in. Hail Luna, you know, I'm totally in for this. And so that's when he gets that idea. He's like, ah, shit, things are about to go down, you know. I would love to murder some people with my mouth. And we'll get to Lavana, like, in the next, like, in the update on, like, Cinder and Kai. But basically, Lavana's mad. And so she's decided just to order these, like, soldiers that she's gotten to Earth. I guess we didn't really cover that, that all these people are lunar. So, like, Wolf and all of the wolves are lunar super soldiers that have been modified with, like, wolf DNA to, like, make them more beast than men and, like, beasts with the minds of a man. And so that's why he's super strong and he has, like, the canines that are elongated and he howls all the time. So he's not actually a werewolf. He doesn't turn into a wolf, but he's been genetically modified in this way. And he was, I feel like he was one of the earlier projects because we'll get into later that there's other like there's like 2.0 versions of the wolfman on luna still but like lavana's gotten like all of like these entry like the first version onto earth and all these big cities in secret and they each have like thaumaturge assigned to them to like run the pack just lying in wait for her command to attack earth which she gives because she's mad and she's petty and she's like <laughs> Yeah, like, let's, let's show them a little bit of what we can do. Like, they're disrespecting me, but we'll, we'll kind of get to that. And so, but back to Wolf and Scarlet, like, Wolf knows what this means. He knows the damage that they're about to inflict. And he basically tells her, like, don't leave at this time, leave at this other time, because it'll be safer to make your escape than when there's just murderous wolfmen on the streets, just killing civilians at random. So, yeah, does someone want to pick up the the final kind of battle here that we have? And then we can move on to Cinder. Sure. So she does what he says. She waits. <laughs> she she kind of tests it out. I think she, like, tries to yell and see if someone's there. No one's come. No one comes. So she leaves. And then as she's walking down, I I don't know if she's calling for her grandmother, but somehow they find each other. And it's really her this time. And um, she's she's like, what are you doing here? They're not supposed to have you. I don't exactly remember mother says now, but um, I don't think it's really that important. It's just. It's like, you need to leave. You shouldn't, you yeah. leave. You shouldn't be here. Yeah. And like, then, she's super injured. Yeah, definitely. And then Rand shows up, right? Mm-hmm. I hate him so much. But basically, he's come because he just wants a tasty morsel, basically, right? So, because they eat people, right? Or does that kind of, okay. I don't know if they, like, actually consume the bodies, but they, like, kill them with their jaws in their okay. mouth. At some point, eating is talked about with people. I don't know, whatever. He talks about, anyway. talks about eating Scarlet, and I didn't know if he meant sexually or otherwise or both. I, I assumed both. <laughs> Maybe. Mm. But anyway, so 
And then the grandma just starts antagonizing him and like calling him like stupid Omega and I don't even know. And then Scarlet, Scarlet is like, after like five minutes of this, she's like, wait a minute, you're trying to get him to go after you so I can escape. Stop. <laughs> Super smart. I love, Scarlet. I love you, but. <laughs> I also love Scarlet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so then she's like, don't listen to her. And then, I mean, he does kill the grandma. He does. Picks her. I mean, it probably doesn't take much at this point. No. Um, somehow they get out on the street. So, yeah. So he kills her grandma, and then that's when she runs. Okay. She's like, like into her neck and everything. Yeah. Like when she's like 100% sure her grandma's dead. She, like, freaks out, and then she runs away. And she's running, like, through the opera house. And then that's when Wolf shows up. He catches up to her and, like, throws her against a fountain. And then Wolf shows up. And, like, then the battle of the brothers begins. Part two. (laughs) Part two, yeah. And we're back in the fight. Um, And so, yeah, basically, like... Scarlet watches, you know, the two of them fight and, um, you know, Rand basically calling him out like, I figured, you know, I could kill you and this is, would entice you, you know, like, you're weak because you have feelings for this shitty human, yada, 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 and he's just like, yeah, and he's just like, she's mine, leave her, like, don't kill her, I'll kill her, he's like, you can't kill her, I'm like, that's not what you're gonna do, you can't fool me, I'm your brother, and so basically they start fighting like crazy, and then uh, Wolf kind of just like snaps and just straight like rips out his brother's throat. It's pretty great. You're just, like, yes, Ran the worst is dead. Mm-hmm. Good. And like Scarlet's like, I can't stop watching this murder happen. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna the whole time like, run away. <laughs> I'm disturbed, but I can't stop watching. <laughs> and then she does run outside, and she sees like a woman on the street. And she's like, oh, good, a person. And she's hearing all these, like, howls in the background, which she'd been hearing, and she's like, this can't be good. And then she sees, like, some other, like, wolf man go after this woman, and she hears, like, the woman's, like, strangled cry before she dies. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> and then wolf's, like, stumbling behind her. So, right? Huh? He, like, attacks her, right? Doesn't yeah. wolf- he kind of like he, like she falls backwards I think onto the ground mm-hmm. and he is very predatory like he like slowly walks up to her and then basically like gets on her and she's trying to like convince him that he's like a good person that he is a person that you know you don't want to do this like you care about me like all the things you say when you think you're about to be eaten. and she can see that like he's not in his like completely like normal self like his mind is different than he has been he's not in full control and that's what she's trying to like convince him um, and it seems like it's working yeah he's he's just kind of like you don't know but he's like smelling her like hair you know it's like he's trying to like pull himself out of whatever like fog he's in essentially like his jaws are very close to her throat and his face is covered in blood and so she's yeah. very afraid and like this is part of what like i liked like about this like i complained in the discovery of witches about the monsters and about how there was never a point where I felt like Matthew was actually going to hurt Diana at any point in the story, even though he is a vampire and they're supposed to be frightening. But like, it was like with you, I'm completely safe. And that always kind of pissed me off. Like, I like this like kind of like feral loss of control thing 
where he didn't know if he like he like even later he's like I don't know what I was gonna do like he can't say for sure if he was going to like snap out of it and save her or just like rip out her throat he was not fully aware of what he was doing or in control of it so I really liked that aspect and luckily we don't need to we don't need to worry about what he was gonna do why am I getting I'm getting that hand motion I was gonna say like I think at this point should we move to the next story and like come back to this moment I was just gonna say that he gets shot with a tranquilizer dart okay. which is what happens that does happen yeah Charlotte's point of view so like suddenly he gets shot like <laughs> in the neck or something with like a trink dart and then he just passes out <laughs> yep. and so we don't need to worry if he was going to rip out our throat or not because he's now been knocked unconscious safely etc so from and she doesn't know who did that <laughs> and so from this point we will kick over to cinders which i don't think her storyline will take as long no this one definitely was the longer one of the yeah, books. I mean, it's, it's Scarlett's book so i wanted to like give her the more time because she's our new character and so is wolf but we catch up with cinder i think it was it was really fast in this book where we got back to cinder storyline it was like chapter four or something Mm-hmm. where we find Cinder and once we first left her in the prior book she had been imprisoned waiting to be sent to Luna where she would be executed by Lavana for being the secret princess and under the actual rule of a lunar fugitive so and Dr. Erland gave her like a, a new foot that was nifty because she didn't have one and then like a super hand that has like drills and like little knives and like tranquilizer darts and all sorts of like really cool things in them to use so she and at the end of cinder we know that she's beginning her escape so we basically pick up with her dropping into the wrong cell through the air duct while making her escape and she stumbles onto one of my new favorite characters captain thorn (laughs) i hope you guys like thorn because i really enjoyed him (laughs) i love thorn yeah he's great Yeah, shipping him with Emily, but we'll get there. Uh, (laughs) I don't think we're going to come back to it, but I think he's hilarious. So Thorne is like, he strikes me as like a lovesick puppy dog, like also a delusional man. He's like basically a space pirate, like, (laughs) like he stole a ship, but they couldn't find it. And like now he's locked away for several random crimes in New Beijing, but he's from America and he stole an American ship and he's just like excited to be there. And he's very confused when Cinder just, like, drops out of the ceiling. Yeah. Because he's pretty much getting special treatment. I mean, not really. I guess he was put in isolation because he protested the soap. He thought the soap (laughs) was was too drying. But he's clearly, he's fine. Like, he got them to give him a port screen because... He just looks at nudie pictures on. That's it. Well, he's like, the only reason they gave it to me is because they think I'm an idiot. And then it's like, yeah, I'm an idiot because I don't, I don't know if he actually is self-aware enough to say this actually, but. Yeah. He's also, um, like, was part of, like, the, uh, like, American Republic or whatever their, like, Air Force was. Like, that's where he was. And then he decided just to, like, steal one of their ships and steal a bunch of other stuff. So, like, he's, like, a military member. So that's why he's a captain. You, you know, he's not a captain at he's all. not actually a captain, that's what he calls himself. Um, he's also quite handsome, and so he's one of those, like, you know, you guys see those, like, prison pictures, and occasionally you get, like, that one guy that looks like a model, like, that's him, so he's got, like, women swooning over him, so he's, like, able to use his good looks to, like, get, like, you know, a tablet, because he's, like, handsome, but also dumb, but not really dumb, but, like, 
But he's dumb, though. He is kind of dumb. Yeah, so he's great. He's a fun character. I love it. And I love that Cinder was just completely annoyed with him immediately. He's like, look how charming I am. And she's like, I got to get out of here. But luckily, she um, he tells her about his ship that he has. And she sees this as a great opportunity to make her escape. And she takes Thorn along with her. Um, against her better judgment, for sure. <laughs> and her lunar gift is kind of on the fritz, I would say. Now that, like, she did the little light show with Levana um, when she, like, fried her chip that was inhibiting her abilities. So she kind of accidentally a little lunar controlled him. Yeah, um, accidentally a lot lunar controlled him. <laughs> a lot. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like, 20 minutes later, he's still sitting on the bed. Like, <laughs> like she apologized. <laughs> Oh, she was nice to focus. Yeah. <laughs> and she gave him a choice. You know, she didn't force him to go with her, you know, and she could, like, she's trying not to manipulate people because she doesn't want to be like Lavana. She's terrified of being like Lavana and, or like a scary lunar with these magic powers. So she's trying to not manipulate people, but she for sure does it continually throughout this book, which I also loved because the lunar glamour like slightly reminds me of like Reason's power and A Court of Thorns and Roses with like his mind control ability where he can like get in your mind and convince you of things and like when Feyre's working her way around figuring that out um like when she accidentally like would just get into like Lucian's mind and she's like oops <laughs> like that's kind of what it reminded me of and Reason was like well then don't do it again unless you want to you know <laughs> And I feel like that's kind of where she's at, like, this whole book with, like, accidentally using her power, but then half the time Thorne's like, it worked, keep going. <laughs> but she pretty quickly tells him that she's, like, a lunar cyborg, because he's like, you're a cyborg. And she's like, and I'm lunar. And he's like, geez, Louise. Well, you know? I really liked that part because he didn't know she was lunar until he was watching the news, right? That's right, yeah. Like, look. There's been another outbreak or another outbreak, another breakout, which is great because now they'll be looking for this crazy lunar cyborg bitch. And then she's just like, ah. She's just like deadpan them. And he's just like, oh. Oh, she's like, it me. <laughs> it's you. I'm the crazy lunar cyborg bitch. It's <laughs> partnered up with in he's this like, escape from prison. <laughs> like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> But I am a lunar and I'm a cyborg, so. And I am escaped. <laughs> so they kind of like run off on this journey. They get to a ship, which is hilarious because he's like forgets where it is. Because he's not from New Beijing, you know. Um, but he's been like paying rent on the ship, which I also found that hilarious. And they like <laughs> narrowly escape that. And then we get into ship Ico. Yay. Because they need an auto control system. Like, I don't know what happened to the ship while I was there, but it is not running out. The battery basically just like died. You know what I mean? Like, just like a car, if you don't drive it, you know, not being used, your battery dies and things just need a tune up. I think that's kind of where it's at. Like, battery died. So, like, Cinder kind of had to like plug herself in to like get it up and running, which then almost drained her battery. That's not great. And then that was interesting. Yeah, and then they learned, like, they need a new power cell or something like that to help it run better and the auto control system. So, yeah, she uses Ico, which is awesome, to be that auto control system. So has Ico and Peony's chips in her little ankle or leg compartment. 
So, which seems dangerous because we know that they can track chips, and this will come into play later. <laughs> so, yeah, but she plugs Iko in, and I felt bad because Iko is like she can't see, right? So Iko used to be an android with vision, and now she has no vision because she's a ship, and she feels like really big, you know, and she's she's uncomfortable, and this is strange. Like she's not meant to be a ship. But all in all, it's like exciting to have Aiko back. <laughs> but I love that Aiko's first suggestion was to like go to LA because she wants an escort body. Like when she found out she was on a ship. Super obsessed with escort droid bodies. Yeah. And I was like, yes, Aiko, go for it. But so they end up like in Earth's orbit, essentially kind of safe, kind of blinded. Uh, they don't really understand how no one spotted them yet. But it appears to be Cinder's lunar powers, which we get into later, but we're not really going to talk about much here. Uh, but we think that's how the lunars have been coming and going to Earth, is that they can cloak their ships with their ability, and then they come in undetected, which seems convenient for anyone trying to escape Luna. Um, and so they're like, where should we go? And Cinder's like, I need to go to Africa to find Dr. Erland. Instead, she's like, well, I don't want to do that. And Aiko's like, I want to go get a sex robot body. And she's like, we're not taking an American ship back to America. And then she's like, "Mm, I kind of vaguely remember something about this Michelle Benoit person who helped smuggle me to Earth or something in France. So let's go to Europe. And so they kind of like take off. So instead of focusing on the current problem, which is that she's Princess Celine and she needs to like, or she should probably help overthrow Queen Levana, who wants to destroy and take over Earth and make all the Earthens her mind slaves. She knows the stakes are pretty high and that she loved Kai, like Prince Prince Kai in a really bad situation. Or no, Emperor Kai now, I think. I think that whole nightmare was his coronation night. And so she knows he's in the lurch, but still she's like, I'm gonna go to Europe and find this old French woman like that seems like my priority or whatever um so that's what they do um which kind of leads us into Scarlet's storyline which is nice because that's how they tie in um I I did just think of something like I kind of get it though because she's like a 16 year old right for sure doesn't have an adult to give her guidance like the doctor was kind of giving her guidance and then literally the last thing he said was come find me in Africa which I'm sorry, that just cracks me up every time. Just, yeah, break out of prison, find me in Africa. It's easy, do it. But I feel like at this point, she doesn't even remember Africa. Like, I don't even think she thinks about it until like later when they actually go. Like, I don't even, I don't even think it crosses her mind. She's just like, I need someone to tell me what to do. And I feel like this Michelle is an adult that can guide me. So I feel like she's just like, She's like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm handy with building things, but I don't really have plans. So I feel like. I agree. Yeah. And I feel like she's also just like trying to process the whole thing. It's like a lot to take on. Cause yeah, she's 16 and to suddenly be thrown into like, you're a princess and you need to overthrow your crazy aunt from power. Like, wait, what? Like that's a daunting task for anyone, especially a 16 year old. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think she's just kind of like, I can't process what I need to do right now. And then she remembers Michelle and she's like, well, this woman supposedly got me here. Maybe she can give me more backstory about like my life. Like she can fill in some missing pieces. Cause I don't know. I don't remember shit till I was like 11. That's yeah. confusing, you know? So um, they end up 
locating where um, Michelle is from, which is in France, and end up at her um, house. And of course, like no one's home and they end up going through the barn, Mm -hmm. um, which thankfully with Cinder, you know, her cyborgness, she's able, she's actually having memories is what it is. But she's seen past like all the stuff just being strewn about the barn, which because Lauren's just like, this place is trash. Like, what yeah. the hell? And she's just like, shut up. You know, <laughs> like, and he also has no clue like why they're specifically here outside of like looking for Princess Celine. Yeah. Uh, and she sees this like metal cabinet that's brown that like is triggering a memory. And she finds this like hidden latch that like you have to know is there to even like see it and opens up this complete, like, underground lab, essentially, that has all these answers, and um, she learns from looking, like, pulling up, like, one of the screens that she sees that um, Michelle actually had one of those chips implanted in her spine, like she had in her spine, which uh, basically makes her immune from uh, the lunar gift, so now we know, like, okay, it's officially why she's not being controlled, you know, while she's in prison. Um, and then Thorne is just like, pull up Princess Celine. And of course, like, Cinder's like horrified. She's like, no, you know. And there's like this really sad, like, picture of her, like, three year old self, like, all burned up and charred and bruised and battered. And she's just like horrified. And he's like, who would do this to like a child, you know? And, and she sees an immersion kind of tank with gel that basically she learns like this is where she was Hmm. you know since she was like what three to eleven like she grew up in this you know tank on life support unaware essentially so she was like in suspended animation which is why she can't remember anything before she was 11 and she learns that's kind of why she has like a neural processing unit in her brain because since she wasn't actually able to like learn and grow and have those like mental experiences that we just do as you grow up she Mm -hmm. essentially had to have like creative ones so she could like function as an 11 year old girl coming into like you know processing sentences and languages and all that kind of stuff so you know she learns more about like they didn't mess up her brain when they did surgery and that's why she doesn't remember anything it's because she has no memories to have Mm -hmm. outside of like a vague memory of being burned alive on coals essentially so which is pretty horrifying huh pretty horrifying it is like I, to think about that that's just tragic yeah yeah but let, at least she doesn't remember the suspended animation tank because that would be worse that's true just like 11 years being in a tank or not 11 but you know yeah eight six or eight yeah i can do math. Eight, yeah. either way that would be really bad <laughs> so. mm-hmm. She doesn't remember that part, which is good. Um, so they, like, they're about to leave. Like, they go search the farmhouse. No one's home. And they're about to leave when Emily, the Scarlet's from, from the tavern, who she has asked to watch the farm, um, poor thing, just stumbles in to, like, feed the chickens <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and uh, finds the lunar fugitive girl, who's very notable, and the escaped captain quote unquote and so she's like oh my god you know so she completely freaks out I felt so bad for her she's just inconsolable and um Cinder luckily uses her lunar gift eventually she's like just standing in the other room trying to see if Thorne can calm this girl down and it's just not working and she eventually just comes in as like 
I'm your friend. <laughs> want to help us. We're nice. We're not going to hurt you. And then Emily's like, I want to help you because you're my friends, you know? And so it's like terrifying how quickly it works and how well it works. But Emily basically fills in the pieces that Michelle has gone missing. And like two weeks ago, no one knows she is. Uh, but Scarlett had a lead on it. And so she took off like two days ago or something. And that is why she's taking care of the farm, you know? Um, and, you know, Scarlett will be okay. Cause she's like a smart girl. Like Emily's not worried about Scarlett's safety at all, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> she's very confident in her friend. So they're like, okay, well, let's go find Michelle and Scarlett, you know? Oh, and they found the chip upstairs. So they know that Michelle doesn't have her chip in her in her wrist so they have to track scarlet's right like we don't get that information but i think they have to track scarlet's chip to find them in france but that's neither here nor there considering they show up in the exact like street that she's on <laughs> but first for a power supercell first for parts exactly but first we need to fix the ship power cell because it's busted um so they go to the like little store in rio <laughs> a little like tiny farming town for the power cell and there are some suspicious characters does anyone want to talk about them sure so when she's in the store she just notices this guy lurking being super creepy we don't really get a lot of details of him other than he's just kind of staring and creepy mm -hmm. um and she has to glamour the guy basically to, or no, not, not the creepy guy, the, the salesman guy. And she has to glamour him because they don't have money. They just have like a necklace that Thorne stole and she's mad at him for stealing it and then mad at him because they have to glamour to steal and whatever, moral dilemma, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then from here, I think they go to the restaurants. Yes. So um, they're they were glamoured inside as like a farmer or, you know, something like that, trying to like disguise themselves. Yeah. And when they leave the shop, they discover two police officers by their ship that they took. It's not like their ship. It's like the one that um, Scarlet sure. used to do deliveries, whatever, the pod ship or whatever. And so they're like, ah, shit. So born like let's go to this tavern and then there's like full of people and she's like there's too many people and everyone kind of looks at them and like I, I think at this point she's kind of dropped her glamour I feel like you know she's not doing a consistent job of it yeah she's not doing good she's being thrown off by it you know what I mean so she's like once again trying to be like we belong here you're not scared of us it's fine you know like ignore me you know and everyone's like oh let's go about our business but then there's like another creepy guy there with like blue eyes just like smirking at them and like staring them down and they're like this isn't good and now there's the police are in here and she's like oh my god and so they're like in like a booth sitting here and the police officers like, keep coming by her and she's like what's wrong officer you know also doing her whole thing like you don't need us like go away you know and the guy finally kind of gets out like are you peony and like that just triggers her and she completely like loses her shit and just drops everything and they're like it's cinder and she's like shit you know so now they realize they've located her um at this point creepy guy with the blue eyes that's just been staring her down turns out to be a lunar operative and he's just like attacking people so now the cops are kind of like thrown off her and she's kind of seized control of some of the cops again trying to like regain whatever she can like because like Thorne's been like handcuffed and 
she's trying to get them out of the situation, not doing a great job because these guys are like hard beat, you know what I mean? And ends up a couple cops and getting killed by the lunar operative. And she accidentally uses one of the female cops as a shield against him. So she's got a lot of like regret about that because it was all her. And she ends up remembering her trank dart in her finger and ends up like knocking the one guy out and they like grab the power cell and like hightail it out. Um, and they end up getting into the pod ship. I think they have to take out another wolf person from the, you know, like before they can get a free. And Iko's been freaking out being like, where are you? Like cops are here, you know? And they're like, are the cops still there? And she's like, no, they've left because there's like some other disturbances, but they put a tracker on my ship. Mm-hmm. So they get back and um, Thorne removes the tracker and Cinder uh, places the power cell in the engine so it's working. And they end up getting out of there, thankfully. And she chucks Peony's chip out of the ship. Yeah, she chucks because she realizes, shit, this is how they tracked me. Because mm-hmm. Aid, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, so she realizes that she's the reason they got caught coming back in for this. So she gets mm-hmm. rid of that, thankfully. Um, and that's when they learn from Aiko, because she's like, you know, what's going on? That there are attacks kind of like, you know, like where they filled them in that they were being attacked um, here and everything. And she was like, by the wild animal thing? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, it's happening in other places. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's happening everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but most, like, all big oh. cities, and then also Ryu, for some reason. Quite a but, few places, yeah. Because she was, Cinder was there. So, yeah, so from that point, they, like, leave, and then they basically land in Paris, like, right where Scarlet is about to potentially be murdered by Wolf, we don't know. Cinder just recognizes Wolf as one of the scary lunar wolfman things, and she just tranks them uh, to try and save Scarlet. Scarlet immediately, you know, she's like, where's Michelle? And Scarlet's like, she's dead. And then she recognizes who Cinder is from the news and kind of puts a couple of things together. Like she's already put together a lot of stuff. So she quickly puts together that Cinder is Princess Celine. And like, which I think she already put together before, like when she's talking to her grandma, I think it's when she put that together. Her grandma tells her her name is Cinder. Right. Yeah. And she's like, I know Lynn Cinder. Ah, it's that that crazy girl from the ball, the cyborg lunar girl. And so um, they're able to basically get everyone in the ship, like Scarlet, Wolf, even though he's tranked out. We won't get into the details of that very much because it's kind of a big scene. But the main takeaway is that Cinder is able at one point to kind of temporarily control one of the wolf people away from the thaumaturs. So even though it like almost breaks her brain to do it, she's able to like temporarily get him to like drag the knocked out unconscious bodies onto the ship and then they make their quick escape. It's supposed to be like a really big deal to even control. Exactly. And like she doesn't understand my first like she doesn't understand why Scarlet wants this guy on the ship like like, we have to take Wolf and she's like he's one of them like (laughs) he was probably about to kill you. And then they killed JL, don't they? Yeah. She does. Yes. Well, Scarlet oh, like, shoots them in the chest. Yeah, because I think um, Cinder had shot him in the thigh, and then, yeah, Scarlet gets him in the chest. Well, Aiko hit him with the ship. So oh. Aiko started moving the ship around and, like, hit him in the side and then hit him in the legs or whatever. Um, but yeah. 
And so, and like Scarlet, because earlier, I feel like Thorn tried to shoot him. Yeah. And then like they took control of Thorn's brain and yeah, going to shoot Cinder. And then Cinder knocked it out and tranked him. Or- yeah. yeah. That's my he grabbed the gun and then shot him in the thigh. And that's what distracted him enough where she was able to get control of one of his, you know, wolves, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then Scarlet came tearing down like the little thing with like a shotgun that she just found on the ship and she like shot him in the chest. Yeah. And like Thorn and Cinder are like, where'd you get that? And she was like, I just searched in your crates. Yeah. <laughs> like the Thorn has like no idea. He has like no idea what all's on the ship he's stolen. Like he hasn't even looked. <laughs> yeah. A lot of inventory to look through. He's like, cool, that's nice. So yeah, so they escape. So we'll get kind of back to them. I briefly want to like it's already two hours in so I briefly want to talk about Kai so do you guys mind if I just kind of run through it real quick go for it there's not like much we get Kai's point of view but it's not like a big deal he's basically still out of the loop Levon <laughs> is mad that Cinder's gotten, aw- gotten away and she's gotten kind of bolder with her anger with him like at one point she like like mutes his mouth and stuff and like makes him feel like he's choking like so I mean that's kind of like an attack on the emperor so she's gotten quite like bolder with her offenses at him. He learns that Dr. Erland was a lunar and is now wanted as a lunar fugitive. So he's kind of concerned that like there was a secret conspiracy he didn't know about because Cinder was always with Erland and he was stupid enough to think it was just the Medi droid. And now he's like, I was just being naive. And were they both lunar controlling me? Like, I don't know. But still, like all of that crazy in his head, like he's still like pretty into cinder i would say every time it's like cinder escaped like instead of feeling like anger or panic he's like yay and he kept her foot <laughs> yeah he kept her foot like her foot just on his desk and he's like he secretly hopes she like just kind of escapes and runs away and he never sees her again but the other part of him is like i'm pretty sure it's gonna lead to a war with earth you know <laughs> and like he doesn't know that she's princess celine still so he's he just thinks that levana is using this one person as like the tipping point for war with earth which is weird isn't it weird that he doesn't even it doesn't even cross his mind at all like he should have at least thought about it even if you have you know you deny it because it's just it's just cinder i feel like he should have at least thought about it like he's like a mechanic no way (laughs) he basically has like a horrible meeting with Audrey and Peony, Cinder's stepmom and stepsister, where they come and tell him that basically she took Peony's chip and that she's the one that like attacked the metadroids that's on the film and like gave Chang Santo or Sinto the the potion, not potion, the antidote to lymphosis. Um, and he's like, of course, like I gave it to Dr. Erland right then, you know what I mean? And of course, like he doesn't know why she gave it to that boy, but, you know, kind of makes sense to him. And he's, it's just like a lot for him to process. And so as he's trying to like work through all of this, suddenly all of the major cities are getting attacked by Wolfman monsters, which we know about. And because Levana's mad, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and, you know, she's just decided to strike while the iron's hot on Earth. And he finds out during the meeting that there's attacks in all these major cities and then there's a very, very attack in a very small city in France known as Rue. And then he's like, mm. so she was listening to me because he knows that that's where Cinder was. 
because they're like we tried to capture her in rue but she got away you know like our cops found her but then she got away and so and then he finds out that there was a lunar attack there as well and so he has at least the confirmation that he's needed that levana has been spying on him this whole time he's, she's been spying on the whole palace even before she came to earth and i feel like bad for him because like his counsel is always like you know these are rumors you know we can't prove this like that don't be ridiculous <laughs> and he's like don't tell me i'm crazy she's for sure spying on us you know so he accepts that he's basically out of options with Levana. She's attacking, she's decimating cities. Hundreds have, have died around the world. And he's like, all right, no other choices. Back against the wall. And he calms Queen Levana on the moon and tells her that if, she, if the offer still stands, he will accept her marriage proposal. Dun, dun, dun. So the thing that Cinder like threw her own life away to avoid in the first book, he has now done on the second book to stop, to try and stop the attacks on Earth from Luna. Although we know it won't work because we know Levana's going to do more stuff. So I'm going to take us back to the ship, like loop, loop, loop. We're back to the ship of our four people where we were before. Basically, Aiko is like, Prince Kai's making an announcement. <laughs> and they turn the news on. And he announces very enthusiastically, I would say, that was sarcasm, he seems miserable, that he's accepted the marriage proposal with Queen Levana and that they will get married one month away on the next full moon. And that will be the alliance between the Earth and the Moon, um, which this makes Cinder completely freak out and lose her mind on the ship. She still won't admit she even has feelings for Kai, even to Aiko. Like, Aiko's like, so you admit you like him now? And she's like, I don't know. And Aiko's like, mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> Scarlet, I love this. Like, this is, like, my favorite part of Scarlet being in the whole story. is because she just calls her on all of her bullshit. And because, like, she just had to watch her grandma get tortured and murdered. And she's been tortured and her dad is dead. And she's like, you need to, like, deal with this and be who you're supposed to be like she's like my grandma just died to keep your secret and it wasn't so that you can just fly around in space and make your way across Europe as you please you know she's like it's like you could overthrow Queen Levana like that is the whole reason like my grandmother died and it's it's not going to be so you can just be a like petty teenager in space like I don't care about you you know she's like time to like suck it up and do what you need to do and then Sunder admits to basically only Thorne and Iko who are the only two who haven't puzzled it out that she is actually Princess Selene. Wolf declares his allegiance to her as his true queen which is kind of hopeful considering he was moments before a part of Lavana's army on earth. And he uh, was really impressed with her when yeah. he pointed out that, sh- that she could even control one of the wolf He's like, you could possibly overthrow her, so you're my girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says he'll train her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he does say he'll train her. That's very important, I'm sure. So, because um, she doesn't know what she's doing, and she's not had anyone show her, which will be good. So, basically, at the end of the book, Wolf and Scarlet basically discuss that they are once again an official item, kind of. They weren't really official before, but they are now an item, which is kind of like the closest thing to closure we get in this book. So my only complaint about this book is there's not really an ending. I mean, you're in, we're in the middle of a four book story for sure. And I'm lucky enough that I can just, and we can just pick up the third one. You know what I mean? Like we don't need to wait these, you know, I can have this on my Kindle 
right now. But if I had been reading these as they came out, I would have been a little bit like pissed, I think, because there's not like a lot of like, I assume we're going to Africa now to find Dr. Erlen, but that's not officially stated. But I, I that's the vibe I got from the ending. Like the gangs together. Like yeah. they didn't know they had a little gang coming together, but it came together. And that's where they're at. Like everyone so far, like from the storyline has like merged together, except for Kai, of course. And like, now they're going to work together to get Sender ready for whatever's coming up kind of thing. It's kind of how I felt like it ended. Yeah. Like, I'm like, we need to save Earth from Levana, but also we need to save Kai from Levana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm figuring that it's going to take Kai being in like mortal peril to like make Sender do anything. So hopefully that doesn't occur, but we'll find out. But I'm excited for, for Chris. But so that was like my only complaint with the book is, I mean, although I hated the ending of Cinder, there was definitely an ending. And I didn't hate the ending. It was just so cringeworthy and unsatisfying. And so <laughs> this book had a less unsatisfying ending because it felt more like everyone's in a safe place except for poor Kai. He seems to have accepted his fate. So I'm excited for Chris, basically. Mm-hmm. Me too. Let's go Rapunzel. Let's see how this works. <laughs> So. It's so good. They all just see this. But I wish I could remember how I felt when I first read the books because on subsequent readings, I totally forget how I felt. And to me, I'm like, I, I understand your feelings and they're valid, but you're wrong because it's one big thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, what's next already. Yeah. I know. I know what's next. So it's hard for me to remember. I probably, I was mad too, but. I just went and downloaded the next book and then just listened to it. Much I, to my chagrin because they're so expensive on Audible. Yeah, that's how I was too. I think I went ahead and had already like bought the next book. But I, I don't feel like I was completely unsatisfied because I felt like I was like, okay, all right, they, they've got, they're like on a mission. You know what I mean? It's kind of, I felt like they like had a kind of plan, not completely, but they were at least together and like, they were better off together than individually. At least they were able to put their knowledge together and resources. And so I felt like, okay, next next book, let's see where this goes. And it is a continuation, so. Like, I just feel like if Crescent City, which we just read and it was the first book in the series, had ended so unfinished, we would have been, like, screaming. Like, yeah. American Royals, for example, had, like, a very unfinished ending. And I mean, I loved that book. Um, and I loved, like, the ending to that book. But like, it's because I, I know there's one, but it's not coming out till September. So it's not like I can just read it. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I love cliffhangers, but I don't even feel like it was a cliffhanger. I feel like it was like when you're watching the Lord of the Rings movies and suddenly they just like reach a hill and the movie's over. Oh, we can see Mordor. All right, bye. See you later. You know, like. <laughs> I can get that. If I had to wait, I would be pissed. That's yeah. why we didn't watch Game of Thrones from the beginning. We waited until the beginning of the last season so we could binge it all. We don't yeah. want to wait. So I, I do get that. So yeah. I'm excited to start Crest. I did. There is an excerpt at the end of the Scarlet book, uh, which I read, but I didn't read the excerpt myself because I didn't want any spoilers kind of going into this or really any idea of how Rapunzel is going to work in this. So I don't know. Want to mention Lavana Because I know you really oh. like yeah. yeah. Real quick. There was one chapter. It was very short. That was Queen Lavana's point of view. And it wasn't even like she's on the moon right now. So it didn't even feel like it was in our time, although it is. It's when she decides to send the wolves in to fight Earth. But she's just like in 
like standing above and visible to everyone in the like little Wolfpack training center, watching the like newer hybrids, which are more kind of seeming wolf than man at this point, soldiers in training or whatever. And she's already accepted Kai's marriage proposal earlier in the day. And she references a ring that's on her that's on her finger and she says it's her finger's been tingling all day ever since accepting the marriage proposal which is some sort of feeling there associated with maybe guilt or remorse or sadness we don't know what it is but she mentions that she always wears the ring but she always glamours the ring so that no one knows she's wearing it and so I don't know what this ring is but I'm super excited and I've been told that I will not find out till potentially winter so but I really liked getting Queen Lavana's point of view I don't necessarily, I know Ferris is all her prequel book. I don't necessarily want like how she became the monster that she is, but I do like getting her point of view as to her plans and like her potential emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, and speaking of Game of Thrones, like I think it was book three where we got, um, oh God, what's her horrible name? Siri, what's her name? Cersei? Cersei. Cersei. We get Cersei's point of view in book three of Game of Thrones. And I was just so pissed off because I was like, you are not going to humanize Cersei to me. You are not going to make me like Cersei. And I didn't. I never liked Cersei. You're not supposed to like Cersei. But I was so scared when I got her point of view because I'd gotten Jamie's in book two. And then I loved Jamie, her brother. And so I was like, you're not going to make me like Cersei. And then I didn't. And I was so happy about it. But um. So her point of views were like annoying and I hated them. I did not feel that way about Levana's. So I hope we get more of Levana's point of view occasionally in the next two books, but we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. So, but I didn't expect it. And I was very excited when I got it. So, cause she's kind of like the big boss of the whole story. So yeah. seeing her vulnerable was interesting or even seeming human at all was interesting. Absolutely. She's not very uh, human seeming when she deals with Kai. So, but anyway, what would we rate this one as? I wish I could remember what I rated my last one. I don't remember, but, um, cause I would say the same as that, but I think four and a half. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I think I'll go four and a half for this one too. I really like the romance aspect. I like the more instant love, like Cinder and Kai are super slow burn. They, they still can't admit they like each other. Same. You know, it's going to take a while. They're, they're going to take four books. Yeah, I definitely agree four and a half for this one. Like I said, this was probably one of my more, I mean, I like all the books individually, but I think I like this one a lot just because of like the character development and the story moves really fast. The other ones move fast too, but this one in a different way, I guess. This was very adventure It was like mm-hmm. solving a crime. A yeah, that's part of it. More of a mystery. We didn't know if it was a crime yet. I mean, can never be a crime, but trying to find the grandma. So all that stuff so I really liked it I like the characters so I'm gonna say four and a half too so four and a half across the board for, for Scarlet and so we will join you guys next time where we discuss Cress and I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're enjoying the Lunar Chronicles and please uh read Cress and join us next time bye everyone bye, bye.